0: Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Amen. Thank you so much, Steph. And I do want to say a special hello to everyone uh, who's watching through that lens. Uh, If you're in another part of the Wellspring Church Center in the Oak Room Olive Room. Thank you for making the effort to be here today. Listen, your reward is you get to be first to the buffet. All right, you're closest to the door. And so you guys can get out first before the auditorium clears and you can be eating while people on the front row. You should be rewarded for being on the front row, but you might have to wait behind everyone else. Um, Really good to have you uh, with us. Thank you for making the effort on Pentecost Sunday. Uh, we've been looking at different types of power, but I'm aware that there's one type of power that we've not talked about, although it's related to physical power, it's related to, uh, to political power and to ethnic power, and that is economic power. And, uh, and this is one of the most powerful forces in many of our lives, actually. Um, there, there are those who have power and those who don't uh, economically. In fact, it kind of makes the world... Uh, the broken place that it is. Because some people have money and some people don't. And there's always someone who's got more money than you, but there's other people that have less, yes? We're kind of in the middle. So if I was to offer someone... Do, do you know what this is? This is a 50p coin. Would anyone like a 50p coin? Listen, I would give it to you, but but you, you, you were cheeky earlier on, so I'm not going to give it to you. So... Would you like 50p? There you go. I'm going to give that to you. So I had power. I had 50p worth of power. And I would say buy yourself an ice cream, but that wouldn't even buy you the flake that goes in an ice cream these days. It's the cost of living crisis. So you can do with whatever you want to. You said you're going to give it to the church. Oh. God bless you. In which case? In which case, I have in my hand a fifty-pound note. So, so honestly, uh, it, I, I saw everyone. I saw even, even at the back, your eyes lit up, right? This is, this is real. This is not printed on the photocopier. That would be illegal. A real fifty-pound note. That you can do a lot with fifty-pound note. Listen. I want to make a point, and then I'm going to give this away. Um, The the point I want to make is that for some of us in this room, some watching this, £50 is what we might spend on a weekend as a family for a takeaway. For other people in our church family, this is enough to pay for your electricity bill. And you could really do with that to get the bills paid this week. So uh, I'm going to give this away, on the basis that we understand that there are, there's, there's value attached to this. And we are a family together. In fact, I can tell you through our family fund, many have been giving into the family, the compassion fund here in the church. Literally thousands of pounds have been going to people and families in our church community and our wider community that need the help. Uh, it's been amazing to see your generosity. So I want to ask, who genuinely would be blessed by this £50 pound note? Just stick your hand up. Okay, I'm looking over at the back, and I'm gonna go over here. God bless you with it. God bless you with it. Let's hear it for the 50 pound note. <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about all these types of power though, uh, the things about, about physical power is it's temporary. Even Karl McLean with those guns, one day those guns are gonna <laughs> flap around one day. Somebody tell me that's not true. Yes? Physical power wanes. Our bodies fail. Economic power. You, once you've got money, then you don't. Stocks and shares, they go up and then they go down. And once you've, once you've used your economic power, it's gone. The money's gone. Some people have it, some people don't. Exchange rates change. Political power. Uh, I don't know, two or three years ago, if I said, and our guest today is the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, some would be immediately leaving, but other people might say, wow, that's amazing. We've got the pro, God. Boris Johnson would walk in. People say, wow, he's got power. Well, if I said that now, what power does he have? It's gone, right? You lose position, politics comes and goes, elections come and go. The, the powers that we have are temporary. But I want to tell you something really good. Some good news is that the power I want to talk about today on Pentecost Sunday, that power is eternal, and not temporary. It's the same with ethnic power. Actually, position with our ethnicity that is different depending upon where you are. In 2004, I was uh, taken on the back of a, a land cruiser in the capital of Wagadugu, uh, capital of Burkina Faso. It's called Wagadougou. And we were taken to meet the king of the Mossy tribe. He's the leader of the largest tribe in Burkina Faso. And we were told we had to dress really smartly. I remember driving up this long driveway, and uh, there was his his palace. And there's men standing there with guns. You thought, wow, this guy is really powerful. I can't remember his name, but he was a Liverpool fan, so maybe that's why I forgot his name, Uh, because that's strange. Anyway, he had a little shrine to Liverpool, that's really strange. So anyway, but he was the leader of his tribe. If anyone else from Burkina Faso knew that, I would say, wow, you, you met someone with some real power, right? If I took him tomorrow night and said, would you like to come to North Bushy and go for a curry at the Raj Garden? Yeah. And he came, anyway, that's a great curry house. Um, but if they welcomed him in, he, they wouldn't know him from Bill at number 365. Yeah. It's just relative, right? I want to tell you that today we celebrate the power that is eternal from the King of Kings. And no one is ever taking his power away. And as we pray towards the end of this service, we're going to pray that the power that is available to us would be experienced and known amongst us as people. This is the power that is eternal and not temporary. Can I hear any amens? This is the power of God. In fact, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, He wrote a lot about the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he himself had experienced how he went from being powerless to powerful. And I want to say to you today, whatever your background, whatever our nationality, we are called to be those who are powerful. Whatever your background, whatever you've done, whatever you're ashamed of, it doesn't matter. God's design and desire is that we might be powerful peoples. And in Romans chapter 8, he's writing about the sinful nature. He's talking about there are some people who are controlled by the sinful nature. That means they decide to do whatever they want to do. They try and get, ever, get away with whatever they can get away with. And there's like this force at work with them that always pulls them down, in fact, pulls them away from God and towards death. Then he says this in Romans chapter 8, I'm going to read from verse 9. He says, but you, he's talking about the church, are not controlled by your sinful nature, You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Let me pause there. If you belong to Christ, you have the Spirit of God available to you, but dwelling and living in you. Verse 10. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life, or the Spirit makes you alive because you have been made right with God. Can anyone say amen to that? I'm, I'm, telling, I'm reading some stuff that's profound, if it's true. And that is that even though our bodies will die, and they will, the Spirit of Christ is living and is alive within us and never stop living. Verse 11. Let's read verse 11 together. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Hallelujah. I think we could do with reading that again. And he's talking about you. He's, he's talking about me as he writes this. He says, The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Hallelujah. You see, this is how it works in the, in the economy of God. This is how it really works. is that eternal life overpowers death. Real life overpowers death. There is life over death. This is the real power struggle that exists around the world and in the cosmos. And in the end, the resurrection life of Jesus always wins. The life of resurrection always wins. And I speak that life over you and in you today. I prophesy over you that life will overcome death every single time if it's the life of Jesus Christ. If it's the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, that even death has lost its sting. Hallelujah. carries on, he says, a lot more in Romans, chapters 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. We're going to get to chapter 15. And I want to... Uh, I want you to imagine for a moment the scene. Someone arrives with a letter from Paul, the apostle. Quick, 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 we've got to get together. The person that can read, because not everyone can read, quick, we need to get together. There's a letter from Paul. There's a letter from Paul. No way, there's a letter from Paul. And the people that are gathered together, they're not those who were uh, descendants of Abraham by their birth. Ethnically, many of them are not Jews. They are from other nations. Think about the day of Pentecost. The Spirit of God was poured out on people from many, in such a way that voices were spoken in many different languages. The, the language of the Arabs and the Cretans. People from all over the place were all speaking uh, in, in their own mother tongue. They were speaking the praises of God. So imagine, they get a letter from Paul. Quick, 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 we've got to listen. There's a letter from Paul. This is what he says to them. And I think this is awesome. He says that he begins with a prayer in verse 5 of Romans 15. He says, May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live, all of you, in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Already he's talking the language of music. He's talking the language of harmony, where different voices are added and brought together. This is the unity of the Holy Spirit he's beginning to talk about. Remember, he's talking to people who have no right by birth to be in the church and to be part of the purposes of God, but actually have been invited into an amazing symphony. An amazing orchestra, an incredible choir of people from all the nations gathered together, right? That's what he's, so he says, may you live in complete harmony. Verse then all of you can join together, what does it say? With one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. With one voice, gathered together, all the different voices gathered together. Susie came up to me just a couple of moments ago and said um, that she started. She saw someone earlier on in the lobby, and uh, they gave each other a hug. And someone else came along and said, "Oh, that hug looks good. That I can't walk past that hug. I need to join in." A third person joins in and becomes a hug of three. Someone else joins in as a hug of four. And Susie recognizes that each of the people in the hug were from different ethnicity, different background, different nationalities. And she senses the joy of the Lord. I love it when you do this. I love it when you join together, regardless of your background. You bring your, your color, your background, your story. That's the harmony of the church. Hallelujah. That's what Paul's talking about. He says this, verse 7. Therefore, accept each other. Accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises He made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles, any Gentiles, any non-Jews in the room, just raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. This is this is us from every different 40 different nationalities in the church. Hallelujah. Listen. He says that he also came so the Gentiles might give glory to God for His mercies to them. That this is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, "For this I will praise You among the Gentiles, I'll sing praises to Your name." In another place, it's written, "Rejoice with His, rejoice with his people, you Gentiles." And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, praise Him, you all you people of the earth. In another place, Isaiah said, "The heir to David's throne." This is talking about Jesus will come and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will put their, and place their hope on him. All the way through the Psalms, in the book of Isaiah, was a a day that we have now seen the fulfillment of, and that is where people of every tribe and tongue and nation are gathered together, and they all start singing in harmony the praises of the Lord. And where they accept one another, even if they don't understand each other. They accept one another even if it's difficult to get on together. They accept one another and they join in the song that gives glory to God from every tribe and tongue and nation. This is the heart of God for us today, that we might join our voice because there is power that is available to fill all peoples. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And then he finishes this passage with this. I pray. and This is a prayer I believe he's praying for me. Someone somewhere is praying this for me right now. I pray it for you. He prayed this for me. I pray that God... In fact, let's read it together from the screen. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power... Of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this one verse is so powerful. I think it was a month ago that um, my wife Helen, was uh, taken to hospital, and we found ourselves in the emergency room at 3:45 in the morning, being taken into a room in uh, that part of the hospital no one ever wants to go into the relative's room. I've seen it on casualty. I've seen it on Grey's Anatomy. I've seen what happens when someone gets taken to the relative's room. And from that moment until now, the journey that we are on, I would never have wished it on even my worst enemies. Um, and don't get me wrong, there are moments of real anguish. I, I, I've discovered that tear ducts, they don't run out. Nevertheless, even though as of today, the doctors have said, having done the radiotherapy on the back of Helen's uh, skull, there's a second tumor, has been zapped now with 192 gamma rays. Imagine that. Amazing technology. Great doctors. But even the greatest doctors in the country now have said, that's kind of what all we can do. And I say that, and I know that's shocking to hear. That's kind of what we've become used to talking about in our family. That's what the doctors say. But I can tell you honestly, I don't understand why, but we're okay. I don't understand why, but I think it might not be because of religion. I think it might be the presence of the Holy Spirit. I think it might be... The presence of the God who raised Jesus from the dead. Let let, let me just just read this verse to you again, just slowly. This is Paul's prayer. I pray that God, who? God. God, the creator God, right? I pray he. He is what? He is the source of hope. So we're not talking hand-me-downs. We're not talking second-hand. We're not talking going to someone who knows him. We're talking the prayer that Paul praises. I pray that the source of hope, the very source, not secondhand, but direct from the source, it says, I pray that God, the source of what? Of hope will fill you. What? Partially? No, I will fill you completely. To, to the brim, will fill you completely, not just on Sunday mornings, but on Monday afternoons and at 3.45 on a Friday morning, he said, I pray that God will fill you completely with, what? with joy and peace. Joy that overcomes despair. Joy that is more powerful than any news that anyone could tell you. Now don't get me wrong, there's always highs and lows emotionally. And, and listen, if you haven't talked to your doctor and you need to about an area in your life, you know, if you're suffering with depression and mental health issues, I encourage you to get the help you need. I, I'm, not, I'm not negating that, but I'm saying that I think Paul is saying, to us, I pray that God might fill you with joy that overcomes despair. So you will not be defined by despair or by, by what anyone says, but because you'll be filled with from the source with joy from heaven. He says, I pray that you will be filled with peace. Why? Because of religious ideas? No, because you trust in him. Paul says, I pray that you will be filled with peace because you trust in him. I can honestly tell you today, I don't understand it, but somehow, today, I stand here. This is not an act. This is not... Uh, This is not a drama, I can honestly tell you. I I stand here saying, I feel full of joy and I have peace. Because we trust in him. There's nowhere else to go. There's no one else to trust in. And listen, if you're in that place today where you don't know where else to go, go to the source. If your joy and peace has gone and been robbed from you by something that somebody did to you, something's happening to you that's out of your control, I just want to say today, go to the source. Paul would not pray this if the answer was not possible. He said, I pray that you might be filled with joy and peace because you trust in him. Listen to this. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of what? The Holy Spirit. You will overflow with confident hope. Not, Not medical hope not intellectual hope, not, well, hope for the best hope. You know, I really hope that Luton Town wouldn't get promoted to the Premier League. I hope that Watford would win more than one game in the season. You know, I hoped lots of things. <laughs> that was a waste. And so, I, I hope when I get home there's a fresh cup of tea waiting for me. I hope lots of things. No, this is a confident hope. This is a sure and confident hope because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Not an idea, but something available to all of us direct from the source. And the great thing about this, no matter where you're from, is not only is this not temporary but eternal, it's available to all of us. It's available to you. Available to you today. Available to you. I don't know all of your stories. I know some of them. The power of the resurrection. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Is available to you. To be a person that overflows. With joy and peace. Because you trust in him. This is about each and every one of us. Whatever our people is. Whatever kind of peoples we are. To be filled with power. Now I just want to finish with this thought all the power struggles that exist in the world they exist as one person holds power over someone else if you're from India you know about the caste system some people have greater power than others there's actually a league table of those that have power it might just be economic power you've never been a boss and there's always been a boss and the boss gets paid more than you you know about how that feels to be suppressed and oppressed with economic power. The way we deal with power, and you might say, well, there's great power in, in our common humanity. Listen, with all the efforts of the United Nations, I have still yet to see the humanistic dream become a reality. It seems the more, oh, give it time and human goodness will just thrive and, and do all that needs to happen to make the world a better place. Can anyone point to me any real evidence of that happening happening on a major scale? I don't see it. The great thing about the power that is available to fill all peoples today is this power is something we share together as heaven imparts something to all of us. And it doesn't matter your education level, doesn't matter the colour of your skin or your background or your colour, your, your, your story, it doesn't matter what you've done, something is available to you, not something but someone. That God, the source of all hope is available to you today. And as the band come up, we're going to sing together. We're simply going to pray Paul's prayer. We're going to say amen to it, basically. We're going to say, God, I I just need you today. I, I need, does anyone need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit today? It's not something spooky. It's not something weird. But it is really awesome. And there are brothers and sisters sitting next to you that need to know a touch from heaven. And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And listen, whatever you're going through, I guarantee you that the joy and peace available in the Holy Spirit is greater than that. There is power of the life, the resurrection of life of Jesus available to you that overpowers all the work of death and disease in your life and in your body. So I wonder, those in the overflow room, I invite you to stand as well. Everyone in this room, let's stand together and we're going to sing. We're going to, before we sing, we're going to invite the Lord's just to come and move among us just where you are you might find this helpful uh, to lift your hands to heaven let's just give him give him room give him room and and if you don't know the lord you've come here as a guest as a visitor today i want to really invite you to simply ask jesus to show himself to you to say god show me your power i've heard about it but i want to know your power And if you have the gift of praying in tongues, you haven't used that gift for a while. Just begin to activate that now. Just use your prayer language. Use your prayer language. Just under your breath. Let's begin to pray. We invite you, Holy Spirit, at at home as well. Just where you are. Cut out the other distractions, and we seek you, Lord. And we pray, God, that you would come and visit us again. That we want another power at Pentecost. We. We want to know your power available to all peoples and we thank you for what you're doing and we say yes and amen to it. Come Holy Spirit. I speak against the spirit of despair in the name of Jesus and I speak life and joy. Life and joy. Where there's death and where there's sickness, we speak life in Jesus' name. Life in Jesus' name. Come Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that as we sing these songs, that you would come, as we lift our voices to you, that you come and lift our hearts and inspire us again to see you as you are. We will not despair. Our hope is in you. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description, or by joining us on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in person and online.